Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want to welcome you all to the International Church of Vilnius and uh, happy Palm Sunday. Uh, today we'll be reflecting on Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem leading up to uh, his crucifixion, which of course we'll celebrate next, next week on Easter. It's a blessing for us to be here together this morning. Let's stand and sing our first hymn, which is the church's one foundation, which is hymn 579.
Like them, the meek and lowly On high may dwell with thee Friends in Christ, let us draw near to God our Father with a true heart to confess our sins and ask Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed is the Lord, for he has heard the voice of our prayer. Therefore shall our hearts dance for joy, and in our song we will praise our God. Our responsive reading this morning comes from Psalm 116. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. Our second hymn this morning is the Old Rugged Cross, hymn number 235. Dear Lamb of 
left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies and last I lay We'll cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it Sunday for a crown in the old rugged cross stained with blood so divine a was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my true at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown to the old rugged cross I will ever be true It's shame and reproach gladly bear Then he'll call on Sunday To my home far away Where it's glory our scripture readings. Our first reading is from Isaiah 52. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. 
Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our gospel reading is from Mark 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, And just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied to a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. Our sermon reading this morning comes from Philippians 2. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, And gave him the name that is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May be seated. The beginning of Philippians, first chapter and verse six, it says. Paul tells the Philippians, He who began a good work in you will carry it to completion 
until the coming day of Christ. I think that's a theme of Philippians. How do we get to that place? How do we get to that place of completion that God would have for us as followers of Jesus? We start in verse 5 here with your attitude. It says your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. When I was younger, sometimes my parents would say, you have a bad attitude. And usually that, that meant my, uh, my disposition or my pep, you could say. But in this particular context, it's about insight. It's about opinions. It's about perspective. It's about ways of thinking that all of us have. We all have our own ways of thinking that lead us in this particular context leads us to behavior it's not just a bad attitude but rather an insight or an opinion or perspective that leads us to act in a certain way in this passage as we consider the coming of Jesus to die the mind of Christ in this world is marked by three movements that I want to point out today the first is love that leads to loss. The second is trust that leads to humility. And the third is obedience that leads to exaltation. Let me say those again. Love that leads to loss, trust that leads to humility, and obedience that leads to exaltation. So in verse 6 it says, he's continuing with this, what this actual insight or opinion of Christ is. Verse 6, he who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality something to be grasped, some translations say. In the text here in NIV it says, it says, did not consider equality God something to be used in his own advantage. Okay, so they're, they're trying to make sense of this, of this saying here. It's easy to think something to be grasped is something that, that, that hasn't been obtained. But it's related to something to be grasped as a noun. It's, it's, it's a spoil, say, of war, or it's, it's something that's seized. And the point of this, the word grasp, is related to an open display of force to take it. Which we'll get to that a bit later in the passage. He didn't consider equality something to, maybe you could say, retained. Because it says in verse 7, he emptied himself. You cannot empty yourself of something that isn't there. So equality with God is something that was present in Christ. You see, love from God's perspective it leads to loss. It leads to sacrifice. It takes something. I think of something that you love or some project that you put your time and effort in, something that you care about, something that, that you think is important. If it was easy to accomplish, it wouldn't mean that much. Let me think maybe of a relationship. In order to practice true love, there's a price. There's a price of one's own 
sense of self, really. Since someone's own sense of what they think they deserve. You give up something of yourself in order to love truly, and it's the same with Christ. Love leads to loss. It leads to Him. It leads to Him not retaining His holiness or His, His, His divine nature, you could say. He emptied Himself. And He took the nature of a servant. God moving to become a servant. Imagine, it's almost ironic. He emptied himself of his divine nature to become a human being in order to reach us, in order to see us, in order to be able to touch us and save us on the cross. He gave up everything in order to receive something so diminished, which is the human likeness, not the fullness of God Himself. It's a complete transformation of His identity and ability. Love leads to loss. And the thing about true love is that that loss is always worth what it gains. And the same thing with Christ. But it doesn't stop there. You see, the mind of Christ is also marked by a trust that leads to humility. Because he says, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself. Now, humble, people often use the word humble in, in situations maybe when they're public speaking. They say, well, I'm really humbled to be here. And it seems, it seems like it doesn't necessarily fit because typically people say, I feel humbled when they're in a place of honor. But the word humble is related from the word humiliate. Humiliate, to bring low, literally in Christ's sense, to bring low from heaven to earth, you could say figuratively, but also literally to go from a state of holiness to a state of humanity. He humbled himself. Why do people hum humble themselves and why are people so afraid to be humiliated? And I think the, the lack of uh, or the desire to not be humiliated comes from the idea that we have to retain some sense of self-worth by our actions. That we feel humbled or we become humiliated when we don't get what we want in life or we don't project what we would like people to see in our life and the thing with christ is is that his trust in god was so strong and his awareness of what he had in god was so present that it freed him to humble himself his trust led to humility he humbled himself to the point, not just to becoming a man, but to be obedient as a man that would lead to his death. His obedience was out of his submissiveness, and that's another word that we don't like. To submit is, is, a, is to posture oneself in a way where someone could take advantage of you. The declaration of rights, which which should exist in a civil society, but to submit oneself to someone else is often seen negatively. 
that it, it, it stunts one's own ability to be who they are when they submit. But notice in the life of Christ, who, who came from divine, the divine nature in heaven to earth become, to become a man, he did not see this as something to be shunned, but something to embrace. Because his submission was to God, to God's will. Getting back to this idea of your attitude should be the same as Christ. He understood that love leads to loss, but he also understood that his trust could lead him to humility to do something so great, which is to die for our sins. But it doesn't stop there. Trust leads to humility, but obedience leads to exaltation. When you and I are obedient to God's will, and we have the mindset of Christ, where we, we are willing to love to the point that we're law, that we lose something, that we trust in God so strongly that we're willing to be humiliated. When we, obe- when we are obedient, following the message of Christ, knowing what He has done for us this very week, thousands of years ago, we can know that He will exalt us the same way that He exalted Christ to the highest place. This word exalt is, is like a hyper-elevation. It's putting someone in the highest possible place of honor. And notice that it came from being humbled. It came from His active, Him actively putting Himself in a place of humility. He is given a a name and a place and a status of honor that he rightfully deserves. At the name of Jesus, all knees will bow. All knees will submit or bend, will lower. It's a reversal, you see. When we, when we stand confident in front of God and say, I don't need forgiveness, I don't need your grace, we end up recognizing his glory anyways. He says in heaven and on earth, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Now going back, I said in verse, in verse 6, it says, we, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped or something to be taken forcefully. But notice here in this, in this particular verse, in verse 9, it says, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. This isn't forced confession. We got another negative word sometimes, confession of like telling telling what, what is deep inside or telling what I've done wrong that's maybe a secret. But a a confession here is, is a, it's a consent. It's fully agreeing. It's acknowledging. It's not forced. It's something that people will see. When we see Jesus for who he is, the risen Christ, the Christ that that, that is willing to die for our sins on the cross, we will acknowledge Him when we see Him. And it won't be by force. It will be because it's so real and so apparent. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. The mindset that Jesus had, the perspective that led Him to action, that led Him to be crucified willingly 
It brings glory to God because that's God's perspective towards us. As his representative, as his form. Obedience leads to exaltation. And it's easy to think that if we obey God, God will honor us because we obeyed. But our obedience is always based on these actions of Christ. His love for us led to great loss. He gave up so much. He gave his life after he gave up so much. And he trusted God so much that he was willing to be humbled. And it was that very act of obedience that led to his exaltation. You see, this isn't just a story of Christ, but this is a story of us. This is what God calls us to be. He calls us to be like him because Christ was like him. It's easy to look at, at, at the gospel and think of judgment and, and God forcing people to, to worship him. And judgment will come. But notice here that, that when you go to someone in a humble manner, it isn't forceful. It requires them to acknowledge. And unfortunately, we have, we have the... We have the we have the opportunity to see this now, but unfortunately in the future, we'll recognize it regardless when it's too late. This week, this Palm Sunday, it's easy to get caught up in the church traditions and the things that we associate with Easter. But this week, let us... Let us remember the great sacrifice that God gave out of his love for us. And let us emulate his trust in God so much that we aren't afraid to be humili humiliated. And that our be obedience and our service and our acts of kindness in this world that mirror Jesus would be rooted in the idea knowing that we will be with him one day. Not the humble Jesus that, that was killed and, and, and allowed to suffer, but the glorified Jesus. The glorified Jesus that has retained his divinity, that has been given in a place of honor. And because he is in that place of honor as disciples of Christ, we are given, the text says, glory as well. Let's take some time just to reflect on ways that we can take this into our life and make it our own. And after that, we will stand and say the Apostles' Creed. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? The Apostles' Creed. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, 
our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. It is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your great gift to us through Christ. We thank you for salvation. We thank you that you loved us so much that you were willing to lose. God, give us trust. Give us trust that, that values your gospel more than anything else even if it means our humility. And I pray, God, that, that we would remember that our standing in you is one of glory already. That it will be completed. That work that you've begun in us will be completed one day. God, remind us this week. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray that, that you would have your hand on, on us as a church. We think specifically of, of Asta and Aditta, who are sick right now. I pray, God, that you would heal them. I pray that, that they would sense your love and your care from their community. Please protect them, God. Please restore them to health. We also pray for Willie, who who's injured his knee. And I pray, God, that you would bless him and his family. We thank you for him. We thank you for all three of them that, that, and their importance in our, in our church. I pray, God, that you would heal them. God, be with the city of Vilnius. We pray that, that we would sense a movement of your spirit and 
we would see your grace poured out. And we ask, God, that we would be ever mindful of your gospel this week. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And God, we pray for our world. We pray for our world that seems so broken. We pray for people in the world who, who have no hope, who are lost, or trying to find something to satisfy them, that, that want to be not humble but great, that don't have anything else but this world, God. We pray that you would move mightily in lives, people who are facing hardships, places like Yemen where there's people borderline starving, in the middle of warfare, natural disasters that have happened recently, God, shootings, violence. God, we pray for healing. We pray that you would move in the hearts of people, even those who might be our enemies. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we'll close tonight with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. Our last hymn this morning is hymn number 78, Great is Thy Faithfulness. You would stand and sing, please. Great is thy faithfulness, great
benediction. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.